Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. We're not here to make demands. We're not here to project any guilt. We're not here to manipulate. We're not here to impress you by any great performance. We're not here to impart any insincere emotionalism or any mysticism. We're here simply to enable you to connect with God in that way. And if we ever come across that way, please forgive us, right? That's not what we're about. We're not about a performance. Because the moment we're, you get connected to our performance, the moment we don't perform, you're not connected anymore. It's about you f- connecting with God. So there's three things we try to facilitate. We want you to be able to remember and to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so in our worship, we continually integrate the elements of the cross, of Christ's resurrection. Because after all, as Mike said even last week, without the resurrection, we are to be pitied among all men, and our faith is in vain. So we continue to have that emphasis. We also want to invite and cherish God's presence. Because as we enter in collectively, God will inhabit the praises of his people and enable him to show his glory amongst us as we worship. And then finally, we proclaim and live the glory of God. We want to be God's agent, his hands, his feet, his voice out in our world so that we create an even larger community of people who are worshipers and those who are moving forward the kingdom of God. Again, we rely upon the work, the completed work of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to enable these things. And we attempt to lead by example. We attempt to try to show you what worship should be like. And we're not perfect, and we don't do it great all the time, but that is our, what we aspire to do, is to inspire you to a greater level of worship. And so we'll attempt to do that, and we'll improve as we go, in order for you to be able to see what we uh, at least envision as worship, what worship looks like. Um, and also, you know, whether, we don't want to draw your attention to us as a model. We want to inspire you then to connect with God with, with our example as a model. And we want to exhort you to basically create um, a focus around us on what we are doing, what we are saying, and that we are all together with one voice saying the same things, thinking the same things, coming to those places of realization together, opportunities for us to minister to each other, opportunities for us to testify to God's goodness. So I have a couple of scriptures here, just some of the very, very basic reasons for why we worship God. One is in Psalm 117, which says, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all the peoples. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. You'll notice he doesn't say, Play, praise you individually. You stand up and praise and you. Praise all the nations, all the peoples together. Extol him, all you peoples. And the reasons for worshiping are very clear. His love is great. It's awesome. It's unbelievable. It's beyond our comprehension. And so we worship him because of his great love and his faith endures forever. So we have a God that is faithful to us at all times, and we focus on him and his great love and his faithfulness. We are inspired inspired internally to do nothing but worship him. So another scripture I want to bring up also as well is another reason that we worship him. 
Um, this came in, in uh, Jesus' interaction with the Samaritan woman at the well. And she had mentioned that, you know, they, wor- they worship on the mountain and they worship, you know, we worship in a temple. And they're talking about the physical locations where um, worship occurred, at least at that present day. And Jesus changed the mindset. He explained that worship is not place dependent, it is people dependent. And he says, yet a time is coming and now is come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kinds of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. A couple of points here. God is looking for us to worship him. And he's looking for us to worship him in a specific way. In spirit and in truth. You'll notice it doesn't say, and ye must have a great voice. And ye must play the keyboard. And ye must do any of these other things. It's spirit and truth. And that's what we try to achieve is, this, is us connecting with God because God, as it says, is spirit. He, he connects with us on a spiritual level. And worship is a way that we connect with him spiritually. And a worship team is something that enables that to happen on a more intimate basis on a, on a collective level. So, um, so God wanting us, seeking that out from us, imagine that if we are not available to him to be sought, right? We're not doing what God is looking for in us to accomplish. So we want to be that true worshiper who worships in spirit and in truth. So kind of segueing a little bit, in this fall season, we're going to be emphasizing a focus on community, and you'll see that in the vision meeting that, that uh, comes after this, this uh, worship service. And I think it's appropriate to remind ourselves that we are a community of worshipers. And Scripture talks about that. And I have a couple of Scriptures to share on that point. So it begs the question, who are, not who am I, but who are we, right? We are the worshipers that God seeks. And he does that because he wants to put all this together. He doesn't want to just have a bunch of individual worshipers. He wants us to worship collectively. And so in 1 Peter, uh, if my verse is up there, It says, as you come to him, the living stone, talking about Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God as precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now we're talking about putting those worshipers together, right? Worship is not in a place It's where people are gathered, wherever two or more are gathered together in his name, there he is in your midst. Not that that God is not dwelling within you, but there's something more that happens when we put more people together, all going in the same direction, all worshiping him. And so imagine a pile of stones. This talks about living stones knitted together, forming a temple, a holy priesthood. Imagine a bunch of stones just lying on the ground that don't form anything just a bunch of raw material, right? What God wants us to do is he wants us to connect side by side, stacked on top, building a temple that enables him to inhabit it in a way that we really can't even comprehend, but we certainly recognize when his presence descends on that temple. Um, Worship does not, again, it doesn't depend on a place. It depends upon a spiritual place, a spiritual place among a unified group of people all worshiping him, banded together in a spiritual house, offering spiritual sacrifices. 
So when we're fitted together to form that house of worship, this is a powerhouse, spiritual powerhouse, right? It's an opportunity for not only God's presence to be among us, but also for God's power to do something incredible within you as well as you open up and be part of, connected to people that are inside you. And so the question is, are we coming on Sundays with this mindset? I would encourage you to think differently when you come in to, to corporate worship, not what can I get out of worship today, not does it fit my mold, but how am I fitted together with the living stones in this community, the church at large and in this local body, to present ourselves a living sacrifice and, to, and provide spiritual sacrifices to God. This is God's model of this. So let's go on to Romans 15 here. And I'm going to draw your attention to another verse. It says, May the God, this is in Romans 15, starting with verse 5, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that, that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of your Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praises to God. Notice how one being of one mind, one voice, accepting each other. That's what happens when living stones butt up against each other, is you got to start accepting people. If there's something about accepting people that pre prevents you, or even, for example, accepting yourself in that environment. You have a reluctance to worship. You feel like people are not accepting you, right? There's an opportunity for us, just as Christ accepted you, and you're already accepted by Christ, that we should accept others so that we can bring praise to God. So I would, I would encourage you, if there's, if there's things in there where you're saying, gosh, I can't worship because of that person, or, you know, Greg, his voice is funny, and, you know, all, whatever it is, right, that we accept. The more we accept each other, the more that stuff just becomes the trivia of it, and the more we begin to focus on what God wants us to do in connecting with the Most High God. The other thing I will, I'll, I'll emphasize here is it talks about being of one mind and one voice, and the one mind and one voice is of Jesus Christ. We have that attitude, right? We're always trying to have our minds transformed. So if we're having our minds transformed by the renewing of our spirit, renewing of our mind through Jesus Christ, we're putting ourselves in a position to create one voice and one mind, right? Together, collectively. So I'd like to, um, so setting our eyes in Jesus and striving to be like him, if we're going to be like him, or we're all going that direction, we're all coming in the same direction. We'll all be of one mind to enable ourselves to do that. So um, to achieve this one mind and one voice in our congregational setting when we worship, I'd like to use the kind of a certain analogy here, an analogy of rowers. You know, imagine a situation where you have a boat and you all want to get to the other side. You want to get to the deep part of the lake. So everybody gets in the boat and they all start rowing. You know, when you all start rowing, what happens typically if you've all done it, we're all amateur rowers, unless there's professional rowers out there, in which case I don't want to offend you. But you start rowing and you're clicking paddles and everybody's kind of, you know, we're not really sure what we're doing out here. And, and you can kind of futz around in the, in the shallow water a little bit. But it isn't until you all kind of get your act together and you're starting to row, especially when you're seated, really, you're seated really close together like some of these boats are, where you can't really be stroking this way while the other person is pushing back. Y'all have to be stroking together, right? And what that does, it creates a synchronicity. 
And sometimes they actually, in the professionals, they put a guy in the front of the boat, and the guy in the front of the boat just goes, row, row, row. He's synchronizing that, that rowing so everybody can be right in tune. And the more that's synchronized, the faster they go to wherever it is that they're rowing. And a lot of times that's out in the deep water where there are things to see if you're, you're just looking around or you're getting to a finish line, as the case may be. Well, worship leading is kind of like rowing, except the synchronization is done by music. Music has a, is a medium that is created by God to synchronize us all, right? We're all saying the same thing at the same time, on the same note, best we can, right? And what's good about this is even in rowing, you don't even have to be good. All you have to be is together, rowing in the same direction, singing in the same note, same key, focused on what's going on. If we are all doing this together, you don't even have to be good. And God's presence will recognize that with the mindset of Jesus Christ and an attitude of acceptance toward everyone and a focus on, en on engaging in a congregational temple, a spiritual temple that puts up spiritual praises, God's going to do something. I guarantee that. God's presence will rain down powerfully. We will have an opportunity to glorify him in his presence and have an opportunity to feel his presence and enable us, him to inspire us to even greater growth as a congregation. And you know, we're going to talk about community, but I guarantee you, if we are operating like that as a, in a worship setting, people will come in this door and go, I want to be part of that, right? I want to be part of not some, some psychological ascent of peace. I want to be part of the living peace that only God can bring, right? So I encourage you in that area, certainly. So that, that's, that's, I just want to kind of paint a picture. And at this point, I'd just like to encourage you today to reconsider how you are worshiping, how you are engaging, right? That you're not coming in going, I'm, it's me, my, and that's okay. There's, we all have our own individual level of growth, but at some point we say, I'm coming prepared to engage God in a spiritual powerhouse with everyone around it. And I, and I grow in that I, accepting of people raises, accepting of myself raises. And in doing so, we will put on, we will achieve that attitude, that Jesus Christ, that mind of Christ, that will enable us to follow a scriptural path of worship. And we will see God move in much more glorious ways. So for the next, we're going to now kind of segue into worship, I would just encourage you to just ponder the words that I've said here and take the opportunity to perhaps engage in a different way at a different level, seeing people in a different way, but at the end of the day, connecting with God in a deeper way and see what he does in your life and in our church collectively. Thank you very much for your attention. We thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.